So a custom hell designed for you. I think it would just have to be (laughs) managing a lot of people. Like I would be asked impossible tasks and I would have to somehow make them happen. This is very much coming from my current job as a as someone who manages volunteers, which I I do love that job. But the yeah, uh, yeah. one of the most like in deep unsettling things to do is when I get a request of something that is just so ridiculous, where somebody has no wherewithal or um, context of what they're actually asking. When they're like, "Can my my fourteen year old baby come and and can beans at the food pantry?" sort of thing, and I'm like, what, "How do I even respond to this to this person?" And they're like a donor as well. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Impossible tasks being asked of me constantly uh, that I somehow have to make happen and respond to people. That would be my hell. And maybe also I'm sitting in a room that has there's a beautiful pool outside with a lot of hot guys. Uh, and the sun is shining, but I can't go until I finish the task. And every time I think I'm going to get close, no, there's another task I have to do. So is it that you're talking to people or is it all like via email or text? Oh my God. Yeah. Email and text and, and phone calls, phone calls constantly coming in with voicemails that I have to respond to. Oh God. Yeah. That's it. (laughs) I'm getting, uh, I have like, I'm sweating thinking about it. These tools are for you to use. These tools are for you to use. Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife, conversations with artists and activists about death and the meaning of life. My name is Dave Marr. I'm the host of the show, a comedian based in Chicago who was in a coma. Several many years ago at this point. And I have questions that I am asking of my guest, who this week is Parker Callahan. Parker Callahan is a comedian who I think I've realized, I tend to say that the the three funniest people in the world are Megan Strickland, Annie Donnelly, and I'm not sure the third. Both of them are previous guests. You should seek out those episodes. I think Parker might be the third. I I know he's not comfortable with that, so I'll say he is eligible for that third spot. Incredibly funny. Find him at Park the Lark on all social media. He has two shows coming up, live shows. Remember those? One, the later one, is on July 24th. It is the Cosmic Country Cookout at the Judson and Moore Distillery. Link for that is in the show notes. The other one is a show called Applause he does with Maggie Winters, and that show is at The Hideout on July 18th. I linked to The Hideout because they don't currently have a page for the show, but he assured me that is when the show will be. I think this show is worth the cost of a cup of coffee or a meal each month. If you want to help me make a living from what I do best, you can join my Patreon for $5. You get the full conversations I do with guests, which are extended. You get the after show. And for $15, you get a shout out. You're at the pigeon level. Those pigeon patrons are Fred Fidawa, Susie Carroll, Katie Llewellyn, Kurt Chang, Shuba Singh, John Lee, and Debo. Thank you to them. Also, if you want to be featured on the podcast, if you're thinking you have answers to the questions that I'm asking, or if you have thoughts on any of the episodes, give the phone number a call, leave a voicemail, and I'll play it on the show. The phone number is 313-MISSED-URA, 313-647-8872. I'm an independent artist. Word of mouth is the best way for people to find out about what I do. So if you enjoy the show, just do these things. Don't even question them. Hit subscribe. Take 30 seconds to leave a review or tell one friend in real life. If you don't enjoy the show, take it to your grave where you'll find out if the stuff we're talking about is real or not. Now, please enjoy my conversation with Parker Callahan. I grab your whip and take it back to Chi-Town. When I'm in Chi-Town, I treat it like... What do you hope happens when you die? Total release. You, like, uh... Have you seen the advertisement for that neck um, relaxing prop that you can like hook onto your door handle 
and then like rest your head in it. Yeah. It looks, what it looks like is like all the tension in your body. And this is what they advertise it as all the tension in your body releases because your neck is supported basically two inches off the ground and you have to do it from from a a strap that you put on your door handle and then lay down. um, It sounds like the way people in prison kill themselves. Well, yeah, it sure does. <laughs> like hanging, hanging the belt from the. <laughs> yeah. So wait, so most of your body is what your back is lying. Flat your back is lying floor. flat. It's truly just like lifting up a little bit of your neck. Um, mm. And, and they advertise that it, your whole body like relaxes and, and cracks. I love a good body crack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I would say total release from any sort of like tension. Uh and just like 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 physical physical tension, tension emotional tension any mm-hmm. any sort of responsibility um just total total release and like a warm pool that you just kind of get to float in okay back to the so there's a lot of there's a hell pool and there's a heaven it, pool actually yeah it could it could also be i have a painting behind my computer which i'm sitting at right now a david hockney pool painting uh that i look at all the time so actually i may be just describing literally my <laughs> yeah that's um that is I, but it has to be a warm pool yeah like the perfect temperature for just like floating in Okay. Yeah. Because I, I I don't know if warm water does it for. I think I need a little bit of. Oh, there's a little water. bit of chill, and maybe like yeah. the current kind of changes every once in a while. So you hit, right, you right, hit right, like right, a cooler right. spot because you gotta mm-hmm, have to mm-hmm. you have to appreciate you know the the warmth by sure. by experiencing the cold. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> um, okay. So so you're great. There you're. Oh, do you need to be conscious? No, for this. God, I hope not. I really, yeah. I really want to be conscious when I die. Like I want to experience it. Yeah, saying that I'm not afraid of death is I. Um, I can't say that because it is pretentious. But I really want to experience it, mm-hmm. just because it's another thing to experience. Do I sound like somebody that's done mushrooms before? Because <laughs> no, 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 no. That's so funny because I've, you know, um, like any good host, I don't have answers to my own questions yeah. really, but part of it, there is a desperate panic in me that needs like, I'm consciously aware that this is not possible, but about 1% of me believes that at some point, whether on the podcast or not, someone will give me the answer mm. to death. Well, today's you know? the day. Yeah. yeah the day. To but the closest <laughs> I have found in terms of actual comfort, because me, I get fucking terrified. Yeah. But the the closest I found to actual comfort, it was from like reading like a Celtic spiritual mm. book and the oh. authors talking about like the cycle of life. And, is, and, and I was thinking about it exactly in the terms you said it. And now I'm realizing it's more of a mushroom cliche than I realized it was. <laughs> but like, yeah, thinking of like, well, you don't know what's on the other side. Yeah. The only solution here is to think of this as an experience. Because the dying is a life experience. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But you hope for, so you want to be conscious while you're dying. Oh yeah. But then you want nothing. I mean, I kind of, I, here's the thing. I, I think about it. Like I think about like aliens and like other life forms. First of all, I do believe mushrooms are aliens that came to this earth. Everybody talks about like aliens sharing great wisdom with, I'm like, have you done any second? (laughs) That's the great wisdom, honey. That's it. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, oh my god have you seen uh, the fantastic fungi documentary uh oh no i know i haven't this on my list i gotta watch it it's great but they're aliens they have to be Uh, wow and the idea that we think uh we could understand alien life forms in which other galaxies do not prescribe to our you know uh 
periodic table. Like it's, a, it's just right. entirely different concept. Like we can't understand what it could be. Um, and perhaps they'll appear to us in a way we can, but that anyway, I just think there's no way we could possibly understand because it is an entirely different realm of, um, existence and being and, um, yes, God, yes. I, yeah, I hope I just fall into like a well of everybody's conscious. We all just become like water and are flowing through whatever that. <laughs> so there is some sort of consciousness continuation you would like it just doesn't have to do with your individual ego oh yeah i don't i don't care about that at all (laughs) (laughs) that's what i cling to desperately (laughs) and all the world's religions tell me it's a great way to be it's true (laughs) um but so but so you so what does the idea of no like what about no universal consciousness that does that also no that sounds great to Dang. me. I'm like, really? Re- yeah, truly, total release. I don't. I'm. I'm not set on um, on this body or this mind. Um, Do you feel really stressed out by life? No. Really? Okay. I mean, the things that do stress me out are, uh, like I said, just being unable, un, not free at every moment to to just follow whatever I'm feeling to do. <laughs> so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, uh, m- making work a hard thing. I'll, although I am a great employee. <laughs> I, I really am. <laughs> Funeral planning. Uh-huh. What thoughts or plans do you have? Yes. Uh, Full full party. Uh, we're going full party mode. Um, okay. Like, have you seen? What, give me what that means. Details. The, oh wait, have I seen what? Uh, the movie Palms, starring Diane Keaton. Uh, Pam, no. it, it's a a movie exclusively for women sixty plus, and I love it. Okay. <laughs> Diane Keaton moves to a retirement community in Florida. Is like these people aren't living, and then they make a, a an adult cheerleading squad. Um, turns out she has terminal cancer and she dies after they win a competition. And then, uh, she says she wants to be, her ashes made into a firework. And the last shot of the movie, spoiler, is a firework. It's It's a firework going off. And you're like, oh, she did, she died. And that's how they do it. I'm like, okay. uh, Oh, whoa. Yeah. That's cool. Everybody go watch bombs. (laughs) When, (laughs) When did it? When did it like what air is it 90s? Oh no, this 2000s? is not that long ago. This is like 2018, I would I would guess. Oh yeah, shit. Okay, yeah. okay. Very recent. Um and yeah, I, I so I I like the it's idea. It's like a very dark bring it on sequel. Exactly. <laughs> it's a spiritual sequel to bring it on. Yeah, 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 yeah. spiritual sequel. Yeah. Uh so obviously that's not a party, but I do like the idea of being made into a firework. Um, okay. And exploding in the sky. That sounds great. Uh, or a tree. One of those things. One of those two things. The tree, the tree, the tree is the most common. Yeah. Are you, do you know, are, do you know the name of the, the pod apparatus that turns people into the tree? No, I don't. It's Corpus Mundi. And it's the one where like, have you seen the pictures of people scrunched into like the egg shaped thing with all the roots yes. and stuff in it. Yeah. So that's Corpus Mundi. So we've had that come up. We've had one person talked about the the diamond yeah. being made into the diamond. Yeah. One person talked about apparently you can become a vinyl record. Really? Yeah. Um but I like firework. I, I like lo- that. Yeah. Oh. But I also like this idea. Uh to be not buried in a graveyard, but just have a monument in a graveyard that looks like a trash can. Like it's has the, you know, pebbled, pebbled trash can, like at a McDonald's, you know what I mean? With like the, um, the swinging door that you can put trash in on the top. (laughs) But when you, when you put your trash in, there's like a a hand that kind of grabs you. (laughs) That's what I want. (laughs) Like it comes out and it like, while you're putting, your trash in and the and the pebbles aren't are the pebbles your cremains no no those are just okay they're oh, just okay. regular pebbles 
<laughs> oh, okay, okay. Um. <laughs> I, I, I want a joke, a thing that scares people. I love scaring people. I love getting scared. And I think that would be fun. So where would you want your ashes or, or your body? Then? Oh, so that, yeah, that goes, that goes in the, I really don't, actually don't care too, too much. The only thing I, somebody said oh. they uh, wanted to, a water burial where their body just, I've heard this recently, goes into the water and gets eaten, like could be digested. But the idea of like a corpse being um, eaten by a shark kind of freaks me out. That's like one thing that scares me. Jaws is my favorite movie, by the way. I'm also reading the book Jaws right now. And maybe this is why I didn't realize there mind. was a book. Yeah, it's based this on a book. Did the book precede? It is. Yeah. Okay. It's not a novelization. No. Yeah. Um, You're not a big novelization of movies fan. Uh, you know what? Uh, I have a lifelong quest of finding the novelization of the movie Charlie's Angels 2001. Um, oh, my God. Because I remember as a kid, that was one of, also one of my favorite movies. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember saw it in theaters, saw the book for sale at Technic booksellers in Worcester, Massachusetts and haven't been able to find it since. And I, I would love to, there's like expensive copies on eBay, but my goal is to find it at like a bookstore, a used bookstore, like a vacation town, what like coffee stains on it like that. I want a used copy of it. That's yeah, very cheap. Do you look, is that a thing you do every time that's you go a, it's, on vacation? Yeah. It's on one of my lists of like books that I want to pick up if I find them. And to look for that's really fun i like yeah. that it's like yeah you're uh i think record collectors call them like white whales or something yeah. like that yeah you're, yeah 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 i mean uh, moby dick is is right the initial you know inspiration for jazz it's a mo- oh, it's a wow. modern telling of moby dick oh my god i didn't mm-hmm. know that yeah <laughs> <laughs> so wait where oh you but you were talking about the fear of a shark eating a body yeah there's just something gross about it to me and i i i don't like that maybe maybe that's something to lean into though maybe i should just do that because it doesn't matter at that point if that's my mm. if that's a fear that i have then sure let my corpse do it because why not well it is really interesting because it's like if you are truly not afraid of death if you are truly totally embracing it it, yeah. it it points to a hole in the embrace of no consciousness it, it it's there's it, it means there's like a point one percent of you that's like i don't want to be i don't want to experience being eaten by a shark yeah Right? right, or or even your memory uh, being dis or your body being defaced or something. I'm totally well. I mean, it's funny because I say that, but I'm like, yeah, put me in a big burn, burn me, burn me, and make me ashes, and then shoot me in the <laughs> sky and let me explode. I mean, that doesn't bother me. But I really think it's just like there's something gross to me about uh, dead flesh, and then another mm-hmm. creature eating the dead flesh. I'm a vegetarian, by the way. Um, <laughs> And specifically a shark in that very violent way. I don't, and I don't like, you know, violence. So maybe that's more part of it. than the. It's not like the degradation because there's something like grandiose about it. Oh no. Yeah. And, and even being burned is like ritualistic at this point in our culture. It's, it's not just that like a shark eating a body. Is is this the kind of thing I need to put a trigger warning on the podcast for? Okay, listen, for folks who have been through shark attacks, this is going to be a really tough episode. Probably, yeah. Um, I, I mean, honestly, what I, I shouldn't be thinking that my body's going to be eaten by a shark because one, that's really rare. Two, if my body's not moving at all, a shark is not going to be interested. Once again, I'm reading Jaws right? and I'm learning all about what sharks like and don't like. There you uh, go. It's probably just going to go to the ocean floor and get eaten by like a sea cu- a bunch of sea cucumbers. Do you know what I mean? And then that's fine to me. You get pooped out. The mushrooms of the ocean. The mushrooms of the ocean. Um, yeah. So tell me about the party. Oh, yeah. The party would definitely be like um, a multi-room like uh, experience with different like settings and, and music you could just like a really well curated, mostly disco party. Would love it if like things that I've made are on screens, just like happening. Okay, uh, but not like a, that's not a focal point. 
it's like mixed in with everything I, I've loved. Um, uh, music videos and different clips from, from different sorts of media and like would love it if people dressed up as things that, um, that, uh, they like that maybe I introduced them to. That would be nice. That's a new, that's like a, what? I mean, like a character from a movie or, um, uh, so any, anything I've, if, if there's anything that I shared with you that I liked and it inspired you in any way, I want you to come as that thing. Yeah. Whatever interpretation for you that is. So, so one group comes dressed as like the original queer eye cast. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be, that would be a dream come true actually. And maybe like a, a talent show. I just want it to be fun and Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. well curated nothing can go on for too long um yeah that's the thing that i've the reason that i am curious i mean you know in addition to it being interesting is i've become kind of evangelistic about i've only had one person who i've believed when they talked about a party uh-huh. because they had the experience of organizing a party for their dad that was the kind of party that people talk about and it made me realize that you either have to make plans yourself or you have mm-hmm. to have someone that you've talked to about it who is inve- who will outlive you who's invested in making the plans yeah right or else it will default to traditional funeral absolutely yeah, that's a really good point. I uh, so what? Who is is that? Are are you going to make the plans, or are are you going to? Is there someone you trust? You have like a a niece or nephew who you're like, you yeah, know, Billy's I, got it or something. <laughs> I well, this is the record now, obviously, um, for sure. That, yeah. that this is my intention, and you've already done the work, exactly. Yeah. Oh, and uh, screw everything I said earlier. Would love to be a ghost. I. L- would love to be a ghost and haunt people who would play in the party. Well, I would say it would be, uh, my best friend and twin, um, not actual twin, but, um, we, we are twins in a spiritual, mm-hmm. emotional, yes. every, and we look spiritual like, twins, spiritual, like twin. palms and bring it on. Yeah, exactly. Yep. They're the, bring it on to your, to palms. my palms. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I feel like she could execute it well and she would know. I think actually everybody, who knows me well, I would, I have confidence that my relationships with the people that I love the most would actually be like, "Mm, I think Parker wants us to throw a party. I think that would be, um, not a question. It would be kind of a first thought in. That's really beautiful. I like that. Yeah. I, and I do, although there's a difference between a general party and a multi-room sort of, uh, how that's it's not house of usher mask of the red death yeah sort of situation right what is it sleep no more the walkthrough theater experience is that wow like that sort of thing but fun i think probably the answer to this is to be like uh be be the change you want to see in the world you know if you want a a death party that's unparalleled and nobody else can can match it you've got to start throwing parties that are unmatched. You know what I mean? Oh, I was thinking planning other people's funerals, but well, planning yeah, other that's people, true. But you know, give, give people the example by doing it yourself mm-hmm. over and over again. And maybe, yeah. maybe for somebody's funeral, but like throw these parties and show, show people what's up and be like, yeah, of course, make it no question that that's the way you want to be. Um, mm-hmm. interned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if it's the same kind of party you keep throwing over and over and over again. Yes. Yeah. A Charlie's Angels themed party. (laughs) Wait, where did Charlie's Angels come into? Well, because it's my favorite. It's my book. It's my white whale book, the novelization of the movie Charlie's Angels. And so maybe if I keep throwing parties, somebody will finally bring it as a gift. They'll find it. Okay. Okay. But the party itself doesn't need to be themed because, because we've thrown a lot of out. There's disco, there's your own videos being shown. There's a costume element. I I said multiple rooms, you know, each room has its own. There is going to be a Charlie's angels room at where Charlie's angels one and two are screening simultaneously. Um, (laughs) 
on in the one room in one room on like 40 different screens yeah wow that's how much it means to me (laughs) (laughs) my next question yes is based on a prompt was it a prompt yeah it's a it's a prompt that i give in my last show which is um to relive one memory because the show's set in the afterlife, one of the in this afterlife, I'm telling people you get to fully relive one memory, not wiping the others, but this one you get to drop down into and re-experience as many times as you want, however many times you want. But if but you do have to pick just one. Uh, yeah. That's a great question. You know, it's a really sweet, I think the one that keeps coming to, I keep trying to like bat it away, but it's this, it's the moment that I met, uh, my best friend, my twin, my spiritual twin, which was for context, we met because we did the Episcopal service corps together and went in totally blind. I didn't know anybody. I moved from New Hampshire to Chicago. Um, so you grew up Episcopal? No, I grew up, well, this is interesting. I grew up Baptist, American Baptist, my, which was a compromise because my dad was from a Catholic family, Irish Catholic family, and then my mom was from Tennessee and was a Southern Baptist. So um, so the compromise was American Baptist, although my mom is not. She is theologically a Southern Baptist, but not aligns with like the politics of it all. Anyway, so I grew up Baptist, uh, did the Episcopal Service Corps post college? My sister had also done the Episcopal Service Corps post college and had a great experience. And what is my... the? I've never heard of this. Oh, what is the yeah. Episcopal Service Corps. It, well, it's a great uh, like AmeriCorps type um, oh. program that puts you in a communal living experience, like um, with any number of people. I live with like eight people, I think. Um, in a house where you have to make like a rule rule of rules for living that like you're kind of bound to while you live there. That's basically like it's the core of it is like communicate well and be respectful and kind. And, (laughs) um, and then you're also interning at a, um, nonprofit for four days of the week. And then on the fifth day of the week, you are doing, um, social justice training. It was great. Um, and so that's what I did for two years after I graduated college. Um, I was really into being like a cool Christian at the time. I don't know why. It was. I don't know why I was so compelled to do that. I really like ritual and I like mm-hmm. thinking about spirituality. And that was a good um, inroad into thinking about that. Anyway, the memory I would read. Do you still <laughs> identify that way? No, I think it's, yeah, definitely. And I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I ever really truly identified as a Christian, but that's just my tradition that I grew up in. Mm. And probably mm-hmm. have the most language for. Um, right. Like culturally Christian. Culturally Christian. Yeah. So I was coming to Chicago uh, about to live with people I did not know. And um, I was getting picked up at the airport to be driven to the house where I was going to be living by the program director. Which airport? O'Hare. Terminal six. Okay. Is there even a terminal? <laughs> ah, <can't remember. laughs> uh, and the moment of meeting this other person, um, her name is Sarah, was so profound in the way that like, it seems really, it's never happened to me before. And I don't know if it will ever happen again. It was immediately like, I've known you my entire life. I truly a soulmate sort of situation of being like, Oh, this is this is the person that I've known forever, sort of thing, um, and I think if you were to ask her, she would uh, say the same thing. <laughs> but just like meeting each other and it being so natural, us having such a quick chemistry, like I remember the moment so well. I probably don't need to relive it, <laughs> like really, because it just is so ingrained in my brain. She was walking through the the terminal towards me. And I just, I have such a clear memory of it. I can see it so clear. I remember exactly how it felt. And to be going from this like nervous um, 
unsure of like the choices I had made um, to have this like resolution that this was all going to work and that this person, I was supposed to meet this person right now. And this worked out was just such a beautiful moment. It was so like truly profound. Um, And, and that feeling and intuition and of everything that I was feeling in that moment has only been confirmed time and time again. Truly we, our relationship is, um, so in, in, very important to me. And um, we we keep like pushing each other and see. I, and I did a past lives reading one time. Wait, oh, we this is <laughs> this is going into new territory. But I did yeah. it with this um, this woman who is uh, she's called an intuitive reader. And okay. I was like, I'm just curious about this person is like all I said. And uh, her reaction to it was she was so overwhelmed with like a wave of like just this beautiful, warm, sweet energy. She started crying immediately and she started describing my friend being like, and everything was spot on. I gave her no information. She didn't know anything about me. She's like, Oh, you guys have been together since the dawn of time. Like you've always been together. And sometimes you don't find each other, but this time she was like, so (laughs) overwhelmed by oh my god and so like that even if it's total bullshit that is the feeling that i felt in meeting yeah you know what i mean also we look so much alike like okay bizarre it really was like meeting a twin like a sibling that you know so much about it truly is when people describe like seeing their soulmate like love at first sight sort of situation i get it because i'm like oh no i've i've had that we're platonic best friends, but we're like the most intimate. She's the most intimate relationship I have and probably ever will. What's your coma? And by this, I just mean a moment of transformation where before you were one version of yourself after you were another, again, it can be mundane. It can be grandiose. No, no rules. Just right. I, mine, you know, mine was, uh, well, one of mine was a literal coma, you know, but I think, I, I think people get probably a dozen of these per lifetime. So I don't think they're particularly rare. Sure. Yeah. Um, right. I'm only saying all this to, I'm, I'm vamping a little bit to jog your memory, but maybe I don't need to. Well, I, I mean, one that comes to mind right away would be this incredible moment I met my best friend in an airport. <laughs> That's the only memory I have. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I remember really struggling with um, coming out to my brother uh, because he sucks and <laughs> didn't know the extent to, as to which he did at the time. But um, uh, very, very strict conservative Catholic by choice very weird anyway um i had watched this documentary on this um gay activist vito russo and vito russo wrote this famous book called the celluloid closet in which he explored the ways in which gay people had been represented in film from like the very beginnings Mm. up until when he died in like the late 80s um and then there was documentary made on him um at some point in the 2000s and his uh, worldview was so radical for the time and for now. Uh, it really rocked my world, both re- in reading that book and then seeing the documentary on him. And it gave me this like courage at the time to just be like, Oh, I have to tell my brother because that was like the last barrier of my like initial coming out phase that um, I had to break. So d- I did it. I wrote him an email and I was like, I don't give a fuck what you think. This is who I am. Did you say that in the email? It pretty much. I wasn't that explicit. Uh, I but was you like, did anticipate a little bit of, resist- you, you, yeah. you didn't, you didn't, you prefaced it a little bit. I did. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and I think that set into motion this, like um, this motion of this notion that like, everything is made up. We don't have to be, we're not beholden to any rules that humans have made. Like we we're here on earth for a very short amount of time. And, um, 
why, in a cultural sense, do I need to go get married? You know, because that's culturally what, and that's like those big life moments are the ones that started chipping away first. Or it's like, oh, marriage is, you know, a construct that I, I probably don't actually need to be a part of. And then mm-hmm. uh, like having children and all those markers of success. And now it's just like totally it, the domino effect of being like all those things that we make up that make life harder for, for people. Why would I prescribe, subscribe to them? Um, so I, yeah, I see that as like a, a big tipping point, a big, a coma moment. Was that me. the radic radicality radicalness? <laughs> of of Vito Russo is that it, Absolutely. those ideas come from him okay yeah. just well like- I yeah I think it also is the combination of his like passion for cinema which I uh, love and activism as being like these two things intertwined he toured the country and did uh lectures on on this series and it's just like a beautiful uh marriage <laughs> of um of his passion and his like political um, identity and like the way he saw the world. It's so yeah, he's his, um, his whole being really changed me, which if we want to talk about like this man was dead, I never met him. I was never alive at the same time, but like his, you know, energy is something that totally influenced me and his thought and his writings and his, and his passion for, for the thing that he believed in and loved. It's so wild to me. That is, uh, and maybe just striking me now at how much I, because now I'm revisiting that thought and I haven't revisited in a minute. It's it's wild to you that there's an energy there that can carry over without having met the person. Yeah, yeah. And it's truly just in the way that they've existed in the things that they created um, in the time that they were here. Uh, which is very, is very cool to me. And so writing the email to your brother, Mm -hmm. why does that feel like the tipping point? I think because that was the action that came out of it. It was the, Mm. like, sure, I can feel all of these ways, but it truly inspired me to action to change this thing that had been bothering me. Um, Because the person you're talking to invests in these made up institutions so heavily. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How do you, uh, tell me about coming out to not your whole family at once. Do they not talk to each other? Yeah. yeah, It should have been, first of all, a shock to no one. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like if you know me or talk to me at all, I don't know why anybody was surprised, but um, I I definitely told people, and I think this is common for for queer people, is to tell people they're closest to first, and then it just disseminates, it goes down the line. So I told my sister first, uh, and she, I did when I did tell my mom, she was like, "I have to tell your father," and I was like, "Okay, I guess." But <laughs> she did without telling me. Whatever, it's fine. I actually don't care very much. But yeah. I did, yeah, their reaction was odd. It wasn't what I expected. Uh, and then... Odd how? Odd because they, like, my uh, happy Father's Day yesterday. My dad asked me if I would be celibate. I was really... this. I was, like, 19, 18, 19 when this happened. My dad asked me if I would be celibate. As and a request? A, but, huh? As a request. As a request? And in this, like, very dramatic meeting that we had... Like, I came home for the weekend... And my parents like didn't talk to me the whole time. And then right before I was going to leave, they like sat down and wanted to have a meeting uh, in which I refused oh to God. sit. And I stood <laughs> and I was yeah. ho- holding a, a broom for whatever reason. I don't remember why. It, it just that's gay culture is cleaning, I guess. <laughs> um, or being a witch. Either way, mm-hmm. uh, I was, I was kind of like leaning on this broom, swaying back and forth. My dad asked me if I'd be celibate. And I said, too late. <laughs> and um, he and then I, he's got no, they're both fine and great about, I mean, as good as they're kind of old, as good as old people can be um, about it. <laughs> Their limited knowledge and, you know, way they grew up. I think that's bullshit, but I do recognize the <laughs> truth of that. I just think like, 
Can you imagine being old and being that set in your ways? No, not at all. But also we've set in motion just this uh, constant sort of evolution. But Um, so did they. I guess so. Summer of love shit. All the ways in which the boomers sold out their original ideas. I mean, I I, I don't know if I'm buying it. I, I think I'm with you. I think it's just easy to stop evolving at a certain point. Um, Absolutely. And, that's, and and it takes active resistance against yes, that. Yes, exactly. But then, I mean, Jane Fond is the goal. Look at her. Mm, like, mm-hmm. always evolving, always trying to learn something new, uh, and looking fabulous doing it. It's a, she's, she's Did you really see it. the Pam and Tommy show? No, I haven't seen it yet. Hulu? Is it good? It's, yeah, uh, it's fun. Okay. Um, the, the dude who plays Tommy is fucking great. Um, I mean, every everyone is great, and I don't mean to just like give credit to the male actor <laughs> in the show about Pencil. sexism Pencil. and like, yeah. <laughs> but like, but there is a moment where uh, Pam Anderson is like, like this publicist is asking her about like, you know, they're trying to sell the story of barbed wire, like what, uh-huh. yeah, w- what, why is it an interesting, newsworthy movie, you know, yeah, and. And so, like, who do you want to be? And she talks mm-hmm. about Jane Fonda, the yeah. character, at least. And and who right. knows if that was? I assume that's based on something. I mean, that but movie. It, I mean, is a Barbarella. Yeah, it's got to be. It's like a mm, Barbarella remake. Is is it Jane Fonda was Barbarella? She was Barbarella. Yeah, I don't know enough about. I I know just the general outline of like sex symbol to activist pipeline. Yeah. Yeah. Not enough about the the detailed pivots of Jane Fonda's. <laughs> she's career. really, yeah, she's the most fascinating person. Her and Dolly Parton together. I mean, the fact that they worked together at all in this in the lifetime is just like that is such a pairing of people that is such good good energy. Was in it world. in nine to five? Yeah. Okay. And then again in Grace and Frankie, she shows up in the last episode. Spoilers. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. So Jane Fonda's the goal. Your parents are okay with it. What? <laughs> did, what did it? What did it change with your brother? Did it change? I mean, it must have changed things with your brother. Uh, really, it just allowed me the freedom to uh, let let him go as like the mm. hope of not even hope of having a relationship. I think the, the joy of being queer, uh, this is, I'm not the first person to talk about this is like the choose your own family, choose your own adventure sort of situation. And people mm-hmm. can't just accept you for who you are and love that and, and um, go on with life. Um, then they don't really have room for you to be, you don't have room for them. <laughs> like, yeah. So I have no qualms with like being like blood, blood doesn't matter. Blood relation doesn't matter to me. If you uh, see me as a whole person and, and uh, we inspire joy in the world, then we're family. And if you're not that, and we are genetically related I don't, and, and don't accept me fully, then I don't give a shit about you. <laughs> and I have no qualms <laughs> letting that go and just being like, look, that is what it is. Do you, do you don't even have a, a little like, oh, maybe every five years I'll check in and see if this has changed? No. Nope. Okay. That's on them. If they want to reach out and be like, sorry, I was a really shitty person. Um, mm-hmm. I'd like to build a relationship with you. Great. That sounds great. But if that doesn't happen, then it's not happening. Let me ask you this about queer family. Mm-hmm. How... What makes it different than just being friends? Mm. How does it, how does it, is there ever a conversation where you're like, listen, we are family. Yes. Does it ever feel like, okay, okay. Is it, does it ever feel like you're clinging to someone like in the way that friends, you'll have friends for a season? Yeah. Does it feel like you have family for a season or you can, you know what I'm asking? But yeah, I would say, the fam part of it is like you're committed in a way that's deeper than just like a friendship. It truly is like a familial um, 
a relationship with someone you do care about, but maybe just don't live like a cousin that you really like that you will always be able to talk to and be (laughs) family with, but it's deeper than that. It's like, um, I think replacing the like genetic, um, part of family, what makes like that a family is the, the common experience that you, you share as a queer person of being like the world you grew up in and, um, and having a difficult family, like all of those things are your basis for then being like, well, what is the ideal family and what would I like actually to have? Um, Mm -hmm. and then you get to like build those relationships and bring those people in, um, to make that. So it doesn't sound like there's ever an unrequited fan. Like if, if you consider someone your family, they consider you their family. Absolutely. Yeah. It's never like, Oh, I learned that, uh, Jake thought I was his no family yeah, and no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. That's good. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I would, and I, it, yeah, no, they, it's very much in a similar way to me being like, Oh, I met my soulmate and best friend in the airport. It's like a similar kind of like, Oh, this is a very natural, obvious choice. Why would I fight this? You were, mm-hmm. We are family. Right. Yeah. And w- and what do those conversations look like? Is it a conversation of like, hey, it, does it anything have to do with roles? Is it like, I feel motherly towards you? you know? It totally can. Yeah. Okay. I think it's actually all of all of the roles because it is sure, the sure, queer sure, family. Sure. It's like sure. at some point you are everything to somebody else and they're everything to you. So it's very okay. fluid and like. Um. Yeah, it can, you can serve any role at any point, depending on what the it, stakes are. Yeah, I did recognize the 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 closeness of my question to who's the man and who's the woman. <laughs> Which <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, this is this is a, only a slightly more woke way of asking <laughs> who's the who's the mom, who's the dad, who's the brother, who's the sister, um, who's the dog. That's also <laughs> in there. right, right. Yeah. Well, that's part of the part of the whitewashing of pride. Is exactly. that no one's the dog anymore. No one's right? the dog anymore. Nobody can be the their pup play dog out on the Where are all the dogs at Pride, right? Where have all the dogs at Pride gone? <laughs> <laughs> I love that song. Wait, what is that? Where have all the cowboys gone? Do, 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 do. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, who is that? I think she had a one she was one hit wonder. Maybe not. Okay. But I Okay. What was her name? I'm sorry to make you explain every piece, every cultural <laughs> reference you're throwing out here. Yeah, I'm just, anybody? I'm just really straight. Okay, that's it. I can't help it. All right, I like you, Duck Dynasty, <laughs> and that's about it. I can see that you're wearing a Sasha Velour T-shirt right now. <laughs> <laughs> Is there something? that is almost a certainty you take for granted in your mind that probably is not, you suspect is not a universally held belief. This is a, that's a very good question. I feel like I already covered, I've already answered your goddamn question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Which I mean, okay. For me, it really is that everything is made up and anything you can do whatever you want. Uh, And it is kind of crazy to be like when people have barriers for things, it's like, why, why do you have this barrier for yourself? Like you want to, you know, you're, you're your only limit for whatever it is that you want to do. Here's the thing I struggle with. How do you live? Everything is made up when you have to be in spaces where you have, you know, having to fucking earn a living, which involves buying into several layers of made up things. Totally. I think you can, uh, if you lead with the things that make you, that uh, bring you joy and comfort, um, obviously you have to recognize the rules of certain spaces to be comfortable and experience joy. 
but in the world that you get to craft for yourself um, and in your own head, I feel like constantly thinking about where are those barriers that I have and the walls that I put up that I just need to like, that don't serve me that I can push down and still exist within society and not like push right. people away from you. I think it's, it's all about bringing people in, um, uh, into your orbit and, and, and your own joy. But yeah, like I, I'm just constantly struck by the, when something is so, when I hear something so horrible or like something bad is, I'm just like, we made, we've made these choices as humans, humans mm-hmm. have made these choices that make, with the exception of like a weather event, although ex- like global warming <laughs> is obviously the reason right. for some of these weather events. It's like, no, we've, these are choices made by people. This, that's not really the best. No, I think it's a good one. And it's, it's what's nice about it too, is it's really victim blamey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You did this to yourself. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> And that's my whole vibe, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's the thing that people know about you. Yeah. That, that'll that be a room in your at your funeral is just a, of shame and like whatever. Fingers pointing at you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Flag, flogging in the corner. Just, yeah. That's it. Yeah. What a party. And now we're back to being a dog at Pride. See? Follow your joy, baby. <laughs> be a dog at Pride. that is the show thank you so much for listening check out the show notes to find more info about parker the shows he's doing his very funny social media presence he said to let you know that he's better on instagram and tiktok than twitter but i'm linking all three if you want to support the show please go to the patreon join at the five or fifteen dollar level and i will be incredibly grateful you can also tell people about the show who you love and until next week remember you are a mist you are human only human 